Welcome to Our Next Existence by Katie and the Chorus. I'm Katie, former technology strategist turned reluctant spiritual medium, and I channel messages from the Chorus, a group of beings just beyond our sensory perceptions who are loving, expansive, and who greatly enjoy sharing their perspective of us. Join us each week as we share and discuss their ideas about humanity's existence, purpose, and future. Concepts you can draw from to accelerate your path, expand your perceptions, and ultimately step into the flow of the universe and your life. Welcome back, everyone. Over the last week or so, maybe longer, I have been feeling nonstop waves of energy. It's a very general way to say it, but sometimes it feels more specific and all of it has been daunting, <laughs> anxiety-inducing. It's like a sense of speed and acceleration and things happening and unknown and also sometimes known. It's been hard to sleep. And while I've been able to do things in my day-to-day -day life, there's always that second track that feels as though they are pulling in opposite directions. And I know the good advice because I've researched it many times about stay away from social media and screens or double down on your nightly rituals to unwind at the end of the day, stretch, meditate, appreciate. <laughs> but also I know enough by now to know and to trust my sense of these things. And I spend a lot less time working to avoid it. And it gets easier. Through this last wave, I was able to spend more time sort of casting my attention outward into the room of looking up from mentally churning while I cooked something at the stove and looking around me, casting glances up to the sky of leaning in to these sensations and allowing however improbable or impossible it seemed to be, new understandings to come through. Do I still desire the peace that we all feel when we've had a successful meditation or bedtime ritual or yoga class? Yes, but I find something different when I lean into these things, when I trust what it is that I'm sensing and don't dismiss it or judge it. I find a greater sense of aliveness, of connection, we could say, it's invigorating. And it's also mysterious and heart-pounding <laughs> and an ongoing sense of what the hell is happening. But that second track has a lot of power and a lot of strength and a lot of playfulness too. And when I allow those energetic perceptions to come all the way in and tell me all the incredible things that I'm sensing, I grow. When we first moved into the rental that we're in right now, 
there was a dirt lot at the end of the street that seemed to be just getting cleared. And as we moved our suitcases into the house, there were several days where a digger was digging holes and moving dirt around and regrading. And by the time he left, the lot was clean, pristine dirt. I was thinking about what we're talking about now as I walked by this lot just a couple days ago and realized that across the whole thing, grass and other plants had already sprouted up and was already several inches tall. Nobody had planted them, but it is Florida where there's plenty of water. But still, I kind of stood there and wondered about how easily some things in our reality grow. Now, we might get more specific about some of this and examine the particular characteristics of certain environments, so the soil composition, the amount of water, the food, the proliferation of seeds, and we might come to very particular judgments about the rightness or the wrongness of an environment for optimal success. But if you step back from that view just a little bit, are there not things in our world that tend to just come back again and again and again? We call this force Mother Nature, broadly. The flora and the fauna that no matter what happens, somehow bounce back. However, if you've been listening to recent episodes, you know that a particular member of the chorus who stepped forward recently, in their own words, the water beings, view Mother Nature as actually a collection of many, many different consciousnesses and forces, types of existence. And so if that's true for you, if we could construe the force of nature broadly as actually consisting of more and different types of life, what is it that they've got that allows them to continually resurge, to continually resurrect themselves, to continually show up again, to somehow retain or restore their existence, their growth, their population, no matter what challenges arise? Is there a frequency, perhaps, that these things represent that we are starting to connect to? Sometimes we talk about infinite energy, sustainability, things that might replenish themselves. As you know by now, according to the chorus, the possibility of anything is the first manifestation of its existence. And so perhaps there are things that we are moving forward toward that will ignite within us recognitions of energies and forces beyond which we have consciously known that are infinitely self-sustaining, connected to an energy of the universe and of creation that does not dwindle 
and does not diminish. If you have been fatiguing lately in perhaps particular areas of your life or an ability to deal with ongoing and seemingly nonstop mysteries or things you can sense and perceive, there is a good chance that you are getting closer to recognizing the aspects of yourself that can reach energies that provide an energy which never tires. The days are coming where you will awaken buoyant, perhaps even refreshed, supplied with a sense of invigoration that you can't even explain. The veils are lifting. The illusions are falling away. And underneath, we will find a zesty and infinite connection to energy by which we are always expanding and growing. In the first part of the episode, you'll hear directly from the chorus themselves, and then afterwards we will discuss. See you in a minute. Blessed ones, we are joyful in our turn to connect with you, though, rightly, we have connected already with many of you. Sometimes consciously, and very clearly, and other times in ways that you do not yet remember, but we believe that you will. There are many voices to this membership, and we do not present ourselves in an effort to confuse you. But perhaps, rightly, as a presentation, as a demonstration of each of our kind for you to become acquainted with in more conscious ways. We agree with many of the others who have spoken here so far. This is but a beginning. We are very interested in answering all of your questions, for we are equally interested in the questions that you will have from this perspective. For a time, there will be some of our kind that is perceivable by only some of your kind. We celebrate the efforts that you all are making to support and welcome the variety of perspectives that are now coming to the fore across your civilizations. In honoring the diversity of perspectives amongst your kind, you will more rapidly come to an understanding of everything 
that has gone on around you, and all that you had been unconscious to prior to now, and, ultimately, you will be able to share in these perceptions. We view much of this patchy perception, you could say, as temporary, as being part of a phase shift in which certain members of your societies are more capable of viewing particular frequencies than others. There is no deficiency in these differences. In fact, we, from our view, understand that every single member of your societies holds different capacities and may assist in these transitionary phases in different ways. Our kind celebrates this diversity. We enjoy exploring the universe and many other kinds of frequencies and existences where we might encounter very different ways of looking at things than we have. Difference, to us, is sought out. It has been an enjoyable experience to find a reality, a society, in which so much difference is attempted to be constrained. We have learned a great deal by watching, by observing the ways in which you diminish your perception of difference in order to sustain a very consistent, a very repetitive reality by our view. We hope that our presence here will assist you all in welcoming or absorbing, we might say, differences. To be able to benefit by a variety of different frequencies and perspectives that other beings that you encounter represent. These things can be expansive, can be constructive. The more that you embrace the varying perspectives of your fellow humanoid earthlings, of your fellow game players, however you wish to define these things, you may find that the questions that you have are more rapidly answered and the perspective that you have to share will expand and be perceivable by others more rapidly. These forces are co-creative. They amplify each other. As you support and allow for another's understanding to evolve, to be true, to be shared, you will find that very naturally your own unique understanding 
of these things does so also. Perhaps you can understand why, then, we are all so joyful to incorporate, to resonate with, to learn from, to be amplified by the very, very different perspectives of your kind. There is much to be celebrated and to be shared, and we love you all infinitely. They're just all taking turns now. <laughs> I never know who's going to show up, especially now. I mean, I'm more I'm more open and trusting to these energies than I was years ago. And so I think it's just easier for more specifics to come through. Specifics used to really activate my beliefs. Like hardcore. I remember telling the chorus in the early days is they started to answer a question very specifically. It was like an immediate fear response. Instant. Terrified. Terrified. Terrified that they would tell me something specific to go do. And even if I didn't want to do it necessarily, it like the seed is planted and then you sort of like churn on it and wonder about it and wonder if you should or wonder why they said it. <laughs> so I responded to that fear response by just saying, just, just, just keep it general. Just keep it general. Tell me why you think this is happening. Now, Equally, the chorus was never ones to tell me what to do. They trusted innately everything I was inspired for, about, to think, to do, to not do. They celebrated all of it. So I'm not sure that I was like ever in any danger of connecting to a bossy side of the chorus. <laughs> I mean, an infinite universe and all things being infinite, I guess that potential is there. But it seemed to be as I recognized my own fear response and sort of even unconsciously sidestepped specifics, they went right along with it. They supported it. They celebrated that perspective, the beliefs, everything that was required to create the experience of being afraid of somebody else's perspective and being afraid of the specific things that they might say. Today, it's easier, but still not always a slam dunk. Sometimes I find myself wishing for more specifics, but then also feeling equally afraid that I'm about to hear them. It's a choice of willful ignorance, but a choice that I felt like ultimately was mine to make 
I knew I wasn't ready for some of the specifics. And I allowed for that. I still do. Something that the chorus and I have been working on lately is that sense of curiosity as we've talked about this season. And it wasn't this clear to me in the early years, but now having come further along, I recognize that the fear response that I got to avoiding specifics evolves. And as it evolves, there becomes sort of a pressure to answer the specific, which then lightens and becomes like, maybe it's not as needed as I thought it was. And then it lightens again to not even really being necessary and I can avoid it or ignore it. And then it lightens all the way to the finish, which is, I wonder what that answer would be. That subtle shift is the total difference between recognizing that a piece of information is over our fear fence line and is beyond where our beliefs can currently reach to passing through the fence line to the other side where we can resonate in a place of being openly curious about it. That openness is actually strength. In order to reach that kind of you can tell me whatever it is and I'll be okay. You had to have moved through all sorts of beliefs of limitation that would otherwise deny that kind of open perspective through which any kind of new energy can come through. Have you ever been sitting with someone, maybe just casually at like a party? And a topic comes up of which you are deeply afraid. Maybe it's poisonous snakes. Maybe it's a particular way that people cross over and die through an accident. Something that just really always triggers you. And the person says, oh yeah, like one time my uncle. And you just, you can't. You even may even interrupt the person and be like, can we? can we change the topic? (laughs) I just can't hear about your uncle's demise in that particular way right now. It is, it's too tender. It's too raw. It's too fearful. It's too triggering. And the awareness of this sensation means that you are already well down the path. Because for a great many millennia, we were brought through a whole variety of emotional sensations in a situation like this, constructed by all of our beliefs, without even completely recognizing in that accelerated way all the things that we were feeling. So to bring that to consciousness, that whole time period where you sit down, the conversation starts to turn in that direction, you recognize that you're starting to get fearful, you can tell where they're going to start talking about next, and you can even speak up for yourself or move, physically speak up for yourself and leave the conversation, either one. 
is already many leaps forward in terms of bringing all of this to consciousness, where essentially said another way, you've already expanded through it and you're turning around and looking at it. I have spent years physically speaking up for myself. (laughs) I have spent years avoiding particular settings, group outings, things on television, things in the mail, especially as I went through the early stages of my awakening, my, I guess, newly found awareness for all the negative emotions I was feeling was acute. Oh, it was heavy and it was intense. I felt emotions so intensely. It was hard to do some days. And so I would balance between sitting with them and allowing, but also sometimes I just physically avoided or walked away from situations in which I knew a lot of those things were going to be triggered. In the early days, these experiences also fed into, I think, a lot of my reluctance to share what I was going through with others. Because if I could barely handle a lot of these things that I was feeling, I couldn't even comprehend trying to also hold space for the way it might make others feel. Basically, I didn't I didn't want to freak other people out. I didn't want them to grapple with all of the unknown and the way I was because it was hard. And I still didn't see the other side of it. I, did, I still didn't see when it got to be worth it in order to justify making them suffer in that way. I think if you look out into some of the spiritual communities that many of us are forming or are starting to find, there are phases that many of us have gone through in which we sort of need to avoid the rest of the world. (laughs) We find that it's just hard to be around people. It's hard to feel all of this intensity that we are feeling potentially in more ways or more visceral ways, it's all stepped up a notch for us. Some of us eventually stay in recluse mode. I know many who have gone down the spiritual path and then have eventually just bought that cabin in the middle of the woods (laughs) and really don't ever leave it unless they have to. But some of the rest of us don't really have a choice. We have families to care for. We have children who have their own communities that we support them through. We have jobs in which we need to talk to other people or show up at a factory and do the thing. And so in those situations, there is often a period of time in which the isolation follows us into those crowds where we feel seemingly present because we're doing the job or doing the thing, but also there's a whole other story and a whole other side to us that is just not known by most of the people that we're hanging out with. Psychologists and therapists today would say that that kind of isolation can actually feel worse because we're playing a part, we're trying to look normal, while also feeling and grappling with all sorts of things that the people around us have no idea of, no idea that we are dealing with it, but also from our perspective, would seem to have next to no understanding of or experiences of in their own lives either. 
I talked about in season one how I often suffered from an imposter syndrome when topics would come up in my working environment that related more to the secret life of the chorus I had on the side. And I felt the disconnect. I wanted to maybe say something or I related to it in a way that I felt like I couldn't explain or convey without giving away this whole other secret world of emotions (laughs) and experiences that I was dealing with. Because if I divulged that world, I would be confronted with it and I would be confronted with the perspectives of those around me about what they thought about it. And I didn't even know how I would be able to handle all of that. Today, a particular membership of the Chorus steps forward and talks about essentially this, this whole thing that we're talking about. Now, they portrayed it in terms of the allowance and the perspective of difference. And at face value, we might feel like we're having a lot of experiences of that right now. People everywhere seem to be freaking out about the tiniest of differences in our perspectives. In fact, it would seem that some people find reasons to be offended by something that we said when we absolutely, completely did not intend to offend anybody with it. I find it sort of amazing when I see conversations on social media where someone has presented something that I have interpreted in one way and then someone reacts very strongly to it with a completely different interpretation than I had had and moreover feels threatened by the interpretation of the thing that they have created for themselves. (laughs) This would seem to be a particular characteristic of awakening that we're moving through. And the Course has brought this up in the past that as we awaken or become more aware of our own unique perspectives, the balancing action of the five senses beliefs will activate and will tell us things about scarcity and finiteness and prevention and protection and lack of trust and lack of control, things that all activate to basically get us, well, a little prickly and defensive. This is a flavor of different perspectives that we are very conscious of today. But as usual, the chorus continues to evolve these things and to point out aspects of it that maybe we are just coming to consciousness of. And today, this particular membership of the chorus brought up the aspects of different perspectives and how those things all ultimately lead to greater and vaster understandings of our own questions that we each have. So you might say, oh, okay, well, I get it, Katie, right? Like if I have one perspective on a piece of public policy and another person has a different perspective on public policy, I should really listen to their perspective because ultimately if I keep going with it and allowing for it, I might evolve my own perspective or or understand it better. And this is true. But what might the chorus members that stood up today be talking about in terms of specifics? Now, if you'll notice so far in this episode, I have been avoiding specifics. And in most episodes I do. And a few weeks ago, we talked about sharing details. These things are all relating to an aspect of awakening that we're moving through right now. 
Now, on some level, I acknowledge that it would be practically silly to try and give the chorus members who stood up today a name. And that is because I would then be required by our belief systems to plug that name into our context. Unbeknownst to all of us, the beliefs would be activating billions of times per second and questions would pop into your mind that might say, is that word that she just used this? Is that related to the thing that I read about last night? Could that be this other being that I heard from that called themselves this? Is that like that one author I heard speak who said that they talked to these beings from this galaxy? So you see, every time we encounter a specific, it is almost an instant demand that we tie it into the belief system complex context as it stands in that second, in that point in time. As we reach further and further into our energetic tools, what we are doing is sort of circumventing the aspects of linear time that might have otherwise limited the amount of information that could come through because time, by way of the view of some of the chorus members we have spoken to recently, is really just a pile of rules about what we allow to be possible or not. Now, if I bring in a name and all sorts of information that vastly reduces our limitation in a handful of minutes, it will probably be summarily rejected by the belief system complex. Now, what might that look like in terms of manifestation? It might look like suddenly I am incomprehensible. (laughs) People might think I'm talking in tongues. People might just not be able to grasp what I'm saying. Or it might even be more unconscious than that, where the points at which I divulge very specific and limitation-bending information, my listeners would sort of space out. They might not click on that episode. They might not remember any of those things that I said. The greatest forms of rejection by our belief system complex are the unconscious ones in which we are not even aware that that information exists or we completely forget that it did. We will get to the point in which all of these specifics will be able to come through and to come through more quickly than they had been previously by way of our own expansion to these energies in which answers are given much more freely. One of the things that we will awaken to between then and now are our needs to directly experience the specifics on the five senses wavelengths before we are able to adopt them. Now let's break down what I just said. Otherwise, we might just all forget it. We'll all just space out. We'll be like, that was a really interesting episode. I have no idea what she said, (laughs) which is okay because that's a start. That is a felt sense of energetic connection that draws you closer to these energies, even if you don't have specific words to summarize what it is that we talked about. Even so, let's walk through this aspect of specifics a little more slowly. And why am I doing that? I am letting time pass, which allows for a sort of 
opening into our belief systems for new energy to come through. One day, will we all be able to say it in five seconds flat? Absolutely. But right now, it's still new and it's still just arriving. And in the early days of massive changes in our belief system complex, it often takes time. So let's go back to the field that we were in in last week's episode. And I said, imagine a wide open field and there are two, what we would call extraterrestrials in front of us. They look different. Maybe they're still both humanoid looking. They have heads and maybe just one head, just like us, (laughs) and maybe arms and legs and things like that. But maybe between them, they look slightly different. One's got different kinds of hair or the other has a different kind of, of skin or things like that. And let's see if we can create for ourselves the simulation of some of these sensations that we get as we approach specifics that would violate sort of the rules of our time and limitation. Because really the important thing here is just that you get to play with them and feel them for yourself. So I would turn to you and I would say, what would you like to ask them? (laughs) To which you might say, what do you mean? And I would say, what do you want to know about them? We're just meeting them and we can kind of sense from the episode before last that they kind of have a different sense of time. And then what? What would you say next? And first you might ask, do they understand spoken language? And I would assure you that they do. And in fact, they probably understand even more than spoken language. They are able to perceive a little bit more of our energy and kind of the complexity of what we are resonating and embodying in any given moment. But spoken language works too. So go for it. What do you want to ask them? (laughs) And then I might say, okay, if you're having a hard time thinking about something, maybe let's start with something, something general. Like, do you come in peace? (laughs) Which was kind of the favorite question of this situation a few decades ago. Do you come in peace? Now, what peace means to them, how they define it, what that represents in action, all open questions, right? This is a big topic. So I say, go for it. You turn to them and you say, do do you come in, in peace? To which both of them might equally nod yes. And you say, oh, okay. (laughs) Woo, I wasn't sure about that for a second. Uh, They both nodded. I'm going to choose to believe them. Okay. And I say, okay, great. Now let's try asking them something really, really, really specific. And you might say, like what? And I might say, ask them their names. Names are by many others view in our world, very, very, very specific. The fact that we could sum up someone's entire uniqueness into a particular sound is incredibly specific for many other beings in the universe. So let's see if we can do it here. Go ahead, ask them, ask them their name on our frequencies. So you turn to one of the first ETs and you say, what is your name? What do you call yourself? Now, feel within you anything that just came up as I gave this example. 
did anything in you sort of clamp down is the best way I can put it. Did anything sort of like, I don't know, tense for impact maybe? Like you're about to catch a ball? Did you sort of like lean in? Did you focus down? Are you preparing for something specific? You feel it? Okay. So the alien replies, it's it's like too quiet. We can't hear it. <laughs> and so then you go, what? Now, feel that response. Do you feel it clamp down a little bit, a little focus? You're a little less aware, a little less open. What could they say? And instead your body sort of just responds, what? <laughs> so then the alien repeats himself and he says, David. Now, you look at me and I look at you and you're sort of bewildered. Is this, is this a normal alien name? Is this common? That is a common English name on earth. And your brain just sort of launches. Do you feel it? And now you kind of want to follow up. Now you kind of want to give them your name Now we're turning. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is simply a recognition of what our belief systems feel like and what our energetic aspects of us feel like. There is great purpose and great power in our belief systems and understand that the ways that we embody it, including all the thoughts that we think, will evolve as we do. So this is not some static thing that's stuck in our heads that we need to overcome. (laughs) It's a way of perceiving the universe. Now, a more interesting thing will happen next. Let's say that you and I now turn to the other extraterrestrial and you say, and what's your name? And the extraterrestrial just stands there. And I say, wow, that's a beautiful name. And you turn to me and you say, what do you mean? That extraterrestrial didn't say anything. I mean, the first one clearly said, you know, David. Well, clearly when he repeated it, but this, this one isn't, isn't saying anything. And then I say, no, actually I heard it. I heard it. It was really clear. I can't repeat it though. I don't, I don't know how to say that that name, that sound, it was incredible. It was like four sounds put together at once. I don't think my vocal cords can do that. Now, what might you start to feel? I'm not going to give this one away though. I'm going to keep going with the example. (laughs) So now I am having a perspective that you're not about a thing that you partially can perceive. And then I might say, well, ask again, ask him to repeat it again. And so you say, could you repeat that so I could hear your name? We all stand there. And then I turn to you and I say, did you hear it? And you say, no, I didn't hear anything. And I say, well, he repeated his name and also he said that he's so delighted to meet you. 
Now watch what you're feeling in this example. Is it starting to feel a little uncomfortable, a little out of control, a little like I don't know where to put my foot next? Which way do I go from here? Now contrast that to the full body response when we started to hear the specific name for the first extraterrestrial and your body went, what? (laughs) Without even thinking, just responded, right? And now there's a sort of slipperiness. It's not, you can't quite pin it down. What do you do from here? Do you trust what I am perceiving? Do you ask the thing again? It's sort of, it's sort of like being stuck in between things. This is our sensation that the chorus was talking about today when they referred to different perspectives. It is the start of an energetic sense of different frequencies from which others that we can perceive partially in our five senses reality, will also be somehow resonant with other frequencies in ways that maybe we are not or are not yet. It's slightly different, isn't it? It's slightly different than an argument on social media. It's slightly different than saying, huh, to a name that you didn't hear. Those are very valid five senses, experiences of differing perspectives. And also, what we are expanding into are our first forays into encountering a variety of different energetic perspectives and viewpoints. These are new sensations for us, consciously, And in that, they are doubly challenging, you could say, because our five senses, belief systems, are built to judge and react to and interact with five senses manifestations. And what we are approaching now are energetic perceptions that may not yet have a five senses corollary. We are feeling things in all directions, and we are only perceiving five senses versions of those things in some directions. It can feel like the world is tilting on its axis. It can feel like things are upside down. It feels deeply unknown because to the five senses perspective, It is. So, what do we do? Our favorite question from our five senses reality. When we recognize that something is missing and that we desire it, we immediately want to know how to act, how to behave, how to take action with our five senses bodies in order to compensate or even acquire the thing that is missing. 
And so I might turn to you and I might say, well, you don't have to believe me. You can wait more time until you can hear them too. And that's a valid choice. You can also remain open to my perspective and what I am able to right now perceive and share with you in a five senses way. Both are equally valid. Both are processes. There is no right or wrong or better. They're simply different ways of learning to integrate, to harmonize, to expand through. The five senses perspective that we're coming from and the new energetic perceptions that we are all expanding into. This first step may at times feel the most challenging. To remain open to the perceptions that others are having without sort of falling down the path of questioning and criticizing or trying to find the holes in their story. All of those are ways of grappling with the information in a five senses way. And we have a lot of beliefs that would like to take us down that path. And we will learn a lot by doing so. And also, was there not an energetic sense of what was happening in that moment when you could see part of what I was talking about? but could not hear all of it? Were you really bereft of everything? You see, the trick is, if there is a trick, that it's not just freely trusting what it is that I may have perceived. It's that when I tell you what it is that I perceived, you also will have an energetic sense of that information too. It's not just the things that you can't hear or can't see the way others can. It doesn't end there. It's that we all carry our energetic perceptions with us in every present moment, including when you are hearing from me or others things that we're able to see. So let's back up the truck just a bit. When I turned to you and I said, wow, I, that name was beautiful. I, I don't, I don't know that I can recreate that. It was like, it was like five sounds together. I, I don't know that my vocal cords can do that. In that moment, you will have an energetic sense of things that I'm feeling things that I am energetically communicating. And one day, you will know that sense as clearly and as confidently as if I had said the word of his name myself. It is the beginning of our telepathic communication 
It is the beginning of our ability to energetically connect to each other. It is an evolving trust, an expansive sense, a stepping into the present moment and seeing more of what is being communicated there. And one day, will we all be able to perceive those other beings and all those other names directly? Yes. But between now and then, we may find that the greatest joy came from all the new ways that we are starting to see ourselves and each other. for listening. We hope you found these messages to be helpful. May they accelerate you on your path wherever you'd like it to go. For more information on The Chorus and I, our podcast, book, or how to get in touch with us, visit katieinthechorus.com. Thanks again. See you next time.